Hey listeners, welcome to Real Talk with Simply Tour, where we have real, raw, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations around working while maintaining our mental health or lack thereof. I'm your host, Tor White, and today I have a special guest, Miss Layla Allen. Layla is a social entrepreneur and nonprofit leader who specializes in coaching, facilitation, curriculum development, and community organizing. As a certified life purpose and career coach, youth and teen mental health first aid instructor, and published author, Layla enjoys guiding individuals and organizations in exploring new paths and acquiring the most effective tools to identify solutions, establish suitable goals, and execute innovative plans of actions. Layla is the creator of COPE Network, a social enterprise dedicated to arming youth and their families with tools and resources to ensure that mental health challenges and stigma are no longer a barrier to maintaining overall health. Layla studied healthcare administration at the University of Toledo and MBA at Ursuline College, making her a proud first-generation college graduate. Layla currently serves as a board member of the YWCA Cleveland, co-chair of education and engagement of participatory budgeting Cleveland, and CEO of the Mason Link Cope Incorporated. Layla, thank you for being here today. Thank you for inviting me to um, speak about myself and my business. I'm looking forward to just um, us reconnecting um, and and sharing my perspective on different things. Yes. So interesting story, uh, listeners. Layla and I have never met in person. Layla and I actually were introduced. Was it during COVID we took the same training? Yeah, well, we're still in the COVID era. So, but yeah, we did. We took um, our youth mental health first aid uh, instructor certification training together. Yes, and we just hit it off in the training. I think we ended up being grouped together and kind of just hit it off and um, started following each other online. And Layla is doing some bomb things. She really is. I love her enthusiasm and just how dedicated she is to the youth and her community in general. And you just had a baby as well, right? Yes, I did. Baby number Congratulations. three. Thank you. You're my, welcome. My husband and I, we have been busy. Um, but yeah, we're excited. This is uh, baby number three, little Sophia, and she's making her way to be four months old. Oh, my goodness. So I'm just going to ask you this. How are you doing it all? How do you juggle everything? <laughs> I um, I guess taking a step back, I always had in my mind the idea that I would have it all, that I would do it all. So it started with the, the belief in myself. I can even think back to like uh, me being in, in my early 20s when I found that I was pregnant for the first time with me and my husband's first child, I was determined to still be able to pursue things in life. Um, and me sticking to that and deciding to intentionally stay committed to it, that's what gives me that willpower to put things in place to set myself up for success. Um, and one of the major things that I, that I have in place to set me up for success includes my support system. Um, my husband is also an entrepreneur, uh, but we support each other um, on a daily basis. 
Um, and I've also received support from him when I decided to take my leap of faith in, in leaving my nine to five to 100 percent pursue entrepreneurship. Um, and in addition to my husband, uh, the support from my children um, and 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 staying connected to their creativity. Um, and then also my extended village, which would include my mom, my mother-in-law, my sisters, um, and, and my, my, my brothers as well. So I would say determination, but then also having the right people around me allows me to be able to still continue to pursue things. That's really important. Having that village mm -hmm. to support you. And I think a lot of times, I know for me, like it was always, a little more difficult to find like the family, like the blood relatives that could be that village. But I learned that my village can be who I allow in it. You know, it doesn't necess necessarily have to be someone that I'm blood related to. It can just be people that I've met along the way that understand the journey and may have traveled the journey or some have some similarities with the journey that can encourage me and uplift me. And be there um, when I need them to lean on and vice versa. Absolutely. That's one of the things that um, I talk about a lot with the youth. Um, it's like, well, yeah, we can't necessarily pick the family that we're given. But the cool thing about autonomy um, is that we can create family. <laughs> and decide that we want to bring so-and-so into the fold. Or we can intentionally create relationships with certain individuals at least for me personally one of my things um and i don't know if, if anybody is religious listening but <clears throat> one of my things I, I i pray for is to be con connected with individuals that are in positions that i want to be in uh -huh. you know that could be financially it could be mentally it could be um just uh the, the way that they are able to handle certain situations. I intentionally look to be able to surround myself with those things. And the cool thing about life is that we get to build our lives around ourselves and around our values. Right. I tell people all the time, if everyone in your circle is on the exact same wavelength, meaning that you do everything exactly the same, you think exactly the same, mm -hmm. there's, there's very little way for growth. You know, you, you need people to be able to challenge you in positive ways, to give constructive criticism. Um, you need people who may be further along than you are, as well as people who may not be quite where you are. Like, you, you need a good array of people around you to keep the needle moving. Um, I tell people all the time, I never want to be the smartest one in the room. Because if I'm the smartest one in the room then I feel like I can't learn, right? I, I can be smart in certain areas, but I don't have to be smart in all areas. Because um, I want to be surrounded by people I can learn from. I agree. So you talked about leaving your nine to five, taking that leap of faith. When did you leave? Because I, I want to say when we were in training, you were still at your nine to five. Girl, uh, let's see. <laughs> this is so funny because I'm just like, what year was that? It was COVID came was that two thousand? Was that twenty twenty? COVID really? I think it was twenty twenty. Okay. So my plan at the end of two thousand nineteen was to leave my job and one hundred percent pursue um, my business and my nonprofit because it was something that I was doing 
after work. So I would leave work and go to the detention center three times a week to go facilitate programming. And that would be like from like 5 p.m. to sometimes 8 (laughs) o'clock during the week. So I had a really long day. Um, And my idea after talking to my husband was to leave my job in April of 2020, which was the next year. But at the beginning of 2020, because of COVID, we the whole office was furloughed. So we were um, working from home. Um, and then we had some time where we just didn't work like at all. And we were just at home, but we were on a paid leave. And during that leave, of course, I'm like working on business things. I'm working on nonprofit work. I had decided, I was like, you know what? Whenever they ask me to come back, I don't even care if it's April or not. When they ask me to come back, I'm just going to say no. I don't care if it's before April. I'm still just going to say no. I'm not going to return. And when they asked me to come back, I just didn't. I didn't return. Um, And instead, I made my plan of how can I profit from um, my skill set and what I have to put in place in order for me to be successful Um, and then that comes down to you know setting personal benchmarks for myself now was it scary yes because (laughs) we all have a level of anxiety that comes in general that's just a part of ourselves but um, I I just felt like it was it was the right time and I felt confident in my ability to use the skill set that I had um, and that I could um, really, really take advantage of this unique position. And I was even able to take advantage of, you know, COVID, even though it was kind of scary and crazy, I was able to do a lot of things virtually, um, which really, really made it very easy for me in a way. Right. And I feel like that's one of, I tell people all the time, COVID was very scary, right? Especially when we were in the thick of it, when we were on shutdown, when we were all stuck in the house, kids at home, et cetera. I said, but there was also a unique experience that we were offered that everybody didn't know how to take advantage of or weren't able to take advantage of. And that's the ability to sharpen skills virtually. You know, like it was just a lot of things that we were able to say, like, hold on, wait a minute. Let me really think about if this place of employment is actually cares about me. I know for me, that's when I decided to leave the government after 10 years. I realized, like, I am really just a number and I have to do what's best for me, even though it's scary. There's a lot of opportunity. Like I'm doing the same work for someone else. Why can't I do it for myself? You know, why? Why can't I put these these same skills to work, but it's for myself and the betterment of the people that I feel like need the information, need the the um, connections. So I, I, think that, I think that's really awesome. Like I, I, I think a lot of times, especially like being black women, like it, it can be very scary to step out, especially when you talk about being a mother, um, having kids, because it's like we... Failure is not an option, right? It's like <laughs> these bills going to keep coming regardless. And so it's just really, you know, sometimes you just got to do it scared. Yeah, that's true. And to take it a step back to, um, I think me leaving was a way for me to, 
that was my pursuit for autonomy over my life and autonomy over the way that I work. Um, in my last nine to five, I had a lot of pigeonholing. Uh-huh. And I would introduce ideas or say, hey, we need to update this. This doesn't look like the people we service or um, and it would always be a response of it's not the right time or, oh, no, we can't do that. And I kid you not to literally like months later. Hey, guys, we got this new initiative and so and so is going to take the lead on it. And usually so and so taking the lead would be a white male counterpart. Mm, with uh, your idea with yeah, your idea same thing i said that we needed to do <laughs> um or uh when we did get a new leadership at one point still white male counterpart he was trying to you know oh hey how can we work together and that and um would would schedule these one-on-one meetings with me and the meetings would be basically him picking my brain and I know of course when you work with someone yeah they want to check in with the employees to see you know what are their thoughts on things but you're picking my brain for ideas and then I'm not a part of the implementation process Mm -hmm. um and again that was another one of those times where the light bulb was just like girl you could just go somewhere else and and do the things that you want to do and um eventually I did get to that position to where uh, now I'm able to work with um, hospitals, mental health agencies, uh, uh, nonprofits, um, schools, universities. uh, And it's on a basis to where I, my creativity is at the forefront. And the, the dialogue that we have is all about how we're amplifying impact. As opposed to with my nine to five, there's a lot of office politics that you got to work with and try to work around. Right. It's a lot of red tape and holding yeah. and, and also question marks on, you know, you got to prove yourself. But um, with with having control independently, I, I get to move uh, more smooth. I get to kind of pick projects and pick things that I do want to work with. Um, and with a lot of the, um, the companies that I contract with, I typically kind of brand myself as the, um, oh goodness, what was I going to say? What is my term that I always use? Oh, honorary employee. <laughs> like that. I'm not like there that. for everything, but I attend planning meetings. We, you know, we, we, we map and we plan out things. Um, I, I create programs. I design workshops, discussion groups, schedules and things like that. But I don't have to deal with all of the other things that might come along with having a job. Instead, I like, I like serving as an honorary employee. Right. Right. That autonomy is definitely very important, especially mm-hmm. when you have kids. And I think, I think that's the one good thing I feel like about millennials. Like we're really in that era of, I do want to be able to have my career, but also be present with my family. And we're really figuring out that both can happen. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be a decision on one or the other. We can literally have both. I agree. And again, this just, um, this was over winter break. We had gone, we left to go to this museum. And that's another thing. I got a lot of museum memberships 
because we have more time with kids, but <laughs> uh, we were at a museum and we had some of my uh, nieces and nephews and my kids, of course. But as I was like recording a video and my husband had said to me, he said, this is why we work for ourselves so we can have time to do stuff like this in the middle of the day. And it's not a big deal. Uh-huh. And that's, uh, that's true. I get, we get a lot of time to be there with our kids along, even though we still make time to get our work done. Um, and I know that as a, a parent, um, it feels good to know that my kids are going to be able to say like, mom was there. My mom took me here. I did this with my mom. Um, I built so many memories um, with her. And then even beyond just the memories that we get to create with our kids, it's the exposure that they get with that time that we have because we, we make use of it um, with uh, taking them and exposing them to different cultures, exposing them to um, different museum sites. They get to talk and, and, and meet so many amazing people and learn so many amazing things along the way that I know my kids are going to take with them as they move um, through life. Uh, so I do, I appreciate the autonomy that I have because it's allowing me to pour into kids in a way that um, I didn't necessarily have the luxury of receiving uh, myself personally uh, growing up. Right. And I think, I mean, yeah, like that that's my whole thought process. Like I, I remember my mom really having to, it wasn't necessarily that, she didn't want to be there. It was just that there were bills that had to be paid. And, yep. you know, there there wasn't necessarily mechanisms in place to make it to where we could have both. You know, it was like, no, I have to get out of here, work two, three jobs in order to make ends meet. And, you know, at the end of the day, that was that was the mindset that had always been instilled in them. You work, you work, you work. Yeah. Um, take care of your household and we're really discovering that no there's a way to do both there's a way to be present in both places so what exactly do you offer with your company yeah so uh cope network is um for profit um through cope network i have different tools or as i call them cool coping tools um and they are basically they were created let's take a step back so our our main cool coping tool is the coping box um it's a physical box and it includes a number of things that our youth can use to um kind of uh, develop a sense of solitude take some time to themselves um become more in tune with their feelings and their emotions so that way they are in a better position to express themselves so that they get the appropriate help um the outside of the box it includes different crisis resources information um the hotlines it also has uh steps and directions for different breathing techniques there's a calendar with different coping activities that youth can adopt into their daily lives. Um, and it also has a special letter from me telling them when and how to use the coping box. I created the coping box uh, during COVID. This is one of those beautiful things that came out of COVID um, because I was no longer in a position to visit the um, detention center uh, and connect with kids in, in person, I decided to start creating these boxes that we would be distributed. 
Um, over time, <laughs> I ended up participating in pitch competitions and business development programs, and I had decided to officially turn it into a business so I would be able to pay for um, free coping boxes that are now being distributed throughout the city and even further to further than that as well. Um, and in addition to the coping boxes, I facilitate youth and teen mental health first aid training. And that's allowing me to connect with a lot more parents and school staff and counselors just to kind of redirect the way that we approach working with our youth especially when they're dealing with crisis. Mm -hmm. So have you found it to be um, something that's easily accepted with the youth? Oh, man. Yes. They get excited when they receive coping boxes. Um, I've had so many teachers and counselors who sent me videos and pictures of kids. As soon as they get it, they're busting them open, uh, going through, using the items inside right away on site. Um, and then we also have a, a program that goes along with the coping box um, and the students have been very receptive to the information um, and even I think about two-thirds of our participants they've expressed that they're more willing now to reach out for help um, in, the, in their time of need than they would have beforehand so we're of course educating the youth, but we're doing it in a way to where they're getting more excited and more interested in mental health. Um, and they're also seeing the value in checking in on their own mental wealth, uh, mental wellness as well. That is awesome. So can you share with the listeners how they can get in touch with you? Oh, yes. So um, our website is thecopenetwork.com. Um, Instagram at the Cope Network, um, and then our um, nonprofit is the Missing Link CLE.org. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Layla, for speaking with me today and having this conversation. I already see that I'm going to have to have you back mm -hmm. so we can continue the conversation. Yes. Um, that is to the end of today's show. To my listeners, you can find me at simplytour.com or at bizradio.us. Until next time. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.